Hello listeners, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of the podcast. Before we get going with this week's episode, I would like to say that we are sponsored by Release Fishing Apparel, where we encourage you to find your release. Now fellas, we've gotten to the point in the year where Florida is finally affording us some good weather. It's not as hot as it used to be. I mean, I think if you tried now, you couldn't cook an egg on asphalt roads, so that's always a plus. And, you know, this weather, I mean, last week we had a week with 70 degree weather for most most of the week. And I can tell you, I mean, we're finally at that point in the year where it's great. Or I, I thought it was great until this past weekend when it was cloudy and rained the entire time. But, you know, you can't let that get you down because at that point you can buy yourself a release fishing apparel performance jacket. And let me tell you, this jacket is amazing. I wear it um, when I'm bike riding in the rain and if any of you have never, tr- if any of you have tried biking in the rain, let me tell you, it is amazing. The only thing is you get yourself absolutely soaked in the process. But if you have a performance jacket, and I can personally tell you the release performance jacket, it holds up very well. You will have a great time and lightning experience doing that. Not only that, but I mean, you can get yourself a release performance shirt, UV shirt for pretty much any day when you're out on the water on the boat. And let me tell you, I went out on the boat with Mr. Release himself last weekend, and that shirt made a huge difference. I did not get burnt at all. I don't have to worry about sunscreen on my chest or anything because they have the SPF shirt and all that. And it really it just puts your experience on autopilot from that point. And I really highly recommend that shirt. Uh, you can get one for yourself at releasefishingapparel.com. Check them out on Instagram. They have pictures of the product and all that at releasefishingapparel. And, I mean, if you're going to be on Instagram, why not check out our website at well, that didn't make sense. Why not check out our Instagram account at Pseudo Scholarly? And you can go ahead and check out our website, pseudoscholarly.com. And again, release fishing apparel, guys. I love their gear. I think you'll love it too. I mean, if you live in Florida, you have no reason not to wear it unless you have a, uh, well, I mean, unless you have a personal vendetta against fishing. I mean, let's be honest, their gear looks really good. I could wear it pretty much anywhere and look stylish as hell. So. Now with that all the way, um, I'll go ahead and get this episode rolling. Also, um, now of course that the ad's out of the way, I forgot that I have to mention that Release does in fact follow me on Instagram again. I know you guys were left on a cliffhanger last week when I mentioned that they don't follow me and they want me to say that they do follow me now. So, um, yeah, sorry about that. Anyways, I'll actually start it now. Hello everyone. Before this week's episode begins, I'd like to introduce this week's guest. He's an active member of the community. He's a varsity distance runner on the PHUHS track team. He's a coward. He isn't doing cross country this year. Uh, He runs a detailing business on the side. He actually does a pretty good job on detailing cars and all that, I have to say. I mean, I have a very good story about detailing my car the night before the first day of school. That was an adventure of a lifetime. Coldplay. Yeah, you, you probably get the joke. Um, he plays guitar, and he's striving to be a materials engineer through college. I'm really stoked to have him on this week's episode. All right, thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Let's get into some good conversations. So, Let's do it. I understand SAT was this past week. Oh my lord! Yeah, it's SAT is so it's that one test. It's arguably one of the most important tests you'll take in your entire life. It can make or break whether or not you get into your college. It, very, it really very your score is they're not doing scoring this or, or scoring for a lot of schools is optional this year but your sat still matters a lot it does yeah because like you think two kids have an application and they're kind of like mm, do we take this kid or this kid like which one goes in the dumpster 
the kid with a very high SAT score on his application versus the kid with like equal kind of stuff. I'm stuff. <sighs> I knew that was coming. But yeah. <laughs> They're gonna take You walked right into that one. I really did. They're gonna take the kid with a higher SAT score. It's just a fact. Like, if they, if they both have pretty much equivalent stats, and there's the other kid that submitted his SAT score, they're still they're going to take him. Yeah, and it's, the funny thing is, this year with optional scoring, an SAT score can't possibly hurt you. And I think I think that's only for the class of 2021. Unfortunately, class yeah. 22, you're kind of screwed. Yep. But uh, who knows, maybe Corona 2 will drop, and <laughs> you guys will have optional scoring, too. Corona 2. But yeah, I, I took the SAT um, two weeks ago now, twice in one week. That was an experience. And oh, yeah. I mean, without having College Board break down my door and kill me in the middle of the night because I'm talking about the SAT, you know, I'm going to try to keep this as like general as possible. I'll say the in-school SAT I took, it seemed like the general consensus between everyone was that the reading and the grammar on that one was stupid hard. But the math was pretty easy. I mean, even in that one, on the no calculator section, I had to guess on a couple because I was just running out of time and I didn't have, like, if I had more time, obviously I could have solved pretty much every problem. But on that one, I just ran out of time on it. But calculator section, I did very good on. And I'd say the math was about, eh, the math was a little harder that Saturday later in the week when I took it, but the reading and the grammar was much easier. So hopefully I get a good super score on that. Yeah, and to give a little basis, I don't know if you guys know what super scoring is, but it's one of the best strategies you can use for SAT. So it's like, how do I explain this? Okay, so you take two tests. Most colleges take it. There are some exceptions to this rule. For example, I don't think UC schools take super scoring. But basically what super score is, let's say I take an SAT a month ago, right? I score, let's just say to keep it simple for the numbers, I score a 1400 and I get a 750 on the math section and a 650 on the reading section and then I take it again and let's say I get another 1400 and then on that one I get a 750 on the reading and then I get a 650 on the math you put them together yeah you get a 1500 yeah so you basically combine different scores between it your past SATs yeah that's you're just high, too highest you combine them no matter what and that's very good for colleges because that can boost that's the strategy I've been using for SAT like for example I've taken it three times I took it once my junior year and that was my actually best one and I took it again I was going to take it again but then COVID happened my junior year but that's besides the point I took it then August my senior year that was my second SAT my score went down because it was really really difficult both sections were very difficult and then I took it again actually it was yesterday I took it yeah how'd that go for you keeping it as general as possible I don't want the college board to (laughs) run you off the road or cut your brakes because you talked about the SAT yeah I'm not going to talk about specific questions or anything but the SAT on it's very I'll explain in the simplest way possible Reading section, very, very, very difficult. I was almost running out of time on it because the passages were so complicated and hard to grasp. Oh, yeah, and they give you questions where it's super specific. And, you know, there's all these strategies. I have a certain strategy for the reading. We can get into that in a minute. But 
Yeah, it, it really, I think it's the, the questions they give you or the passages. If the passages are really hard, I mean, you're, or what they like to do is they'll throw in one that was written ages ago. <laughs> A, literal ages ago. If you ever did the Khan Academy. This is written um, in Latin. Well, let's hope you know Latin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I imagine it's like, it's written in Greek. <laughs> it's hieroglyphic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy. My God. But. Yeah, so they'll give you one that's written in like the 1800s. If you've done the um, Khan Academy SAT practice and all that, you'll notice they generally follow a formula for the reading section where they'll give you a short story first, like a fictional short story first, or even a true story. Yeah. Then they'll give you um, typically a science. You, sometimes yep. they like to throw in two sciences. Maybe you'll only get one at a time. That's how they incorporate they, their science. Yeah, they alternate they'll give you a historical one they either give you two historical ones and one science or two science and one historical it really just depends on what you get it's kind of luck of the draw with that but and they'll give you um i've noticed you know the science and the historical ones you'll get passage one passage two right next to each other and the questions i hate the most are what would this author would this author agree with the author passage i hate those (laughs) i I absolutely hate those but we can both agree on that. The reading section really is hit or miss most of the time. Grammar, I think, is fairly easy if yeah. you understand what you're doing. I mean, if you understand the basic concepts of writing an email or texting someone without sounding, I'm not going to say that word. I mean, usually okay. with that section, you can sound it out and you can figure out, okay, does this sound right? And you can get a decent score doing that without even necessarily knowing your grammar rules. You can get a pretty decent score just by sounding it out and being like, guys, okay, so does a comma really make sense right here? You know, I kind of sound it out in my head when I do it. It's very, it's logic. Like, as long as you know how to, like, write something that sounds well articulated, like, if you know how to write a good paper, you can do well in the grammar section. I feel like out of all my studying, that's the (laughs) section I worried the least about. Yeah. Like, for example, I took it, like, the my grammar section when i took it my junior year i think i got one wrong in the entire grammar section out of like 44 questions or something what is it 44 on there i i couldn't tell you if i, I wanted to in the 40s yeah isn't reading like 52 reading's 52 math calc is 55 or no it's 37, 37. sorry and then it's 25 for calc or no calc 25 minutes for no oh you see you you get this stuff confused you forget i'm trying like i took i'm hoping this last sat was the last one i ever take i'm with you on that one i've been studying birds so much Uh, i've been studying since mid-july and i pray to god i don't have to it's hard enough to balance classes worry about sat college applications all at once it's like it feels like all the walls are closing in around you i feel that it's yeah, let's go. Like, I mean, do you want to talk about, like, some strategies? Like, SAT? For, yeah, for sure. So, for, one of the best things I've learned with reading section, I hit really hard. Because my reading scores were basically, okay, I'll give you the rundown. At the beginning of, you know, my SAT prep and all that in mid-July, my whole strategy with the reading section was to read the passage, answer the questions. Very, very simple. And it's not a bad strategy if you, you know, reading comprehension. Now... By doing that, on average, I would get, I started, I crunched the numbers and all that before I did, I took a couple practice tests. On average, I get about 72% of the questions right. Mm-hmm. So it's not 
amazing. But what matters is after my prep and after I learn all the strategies and all that, my average went up to a 92% correct. Yeah, you're in the 700s there. Yeah, easily. And if your grammar section's good, what I learned now with all that prep, I don't even read the passages anymore. As soon as I open the book, straight to the questions. And what I'll do is I'll do the evidence-based ones first. Where it'll mm-hmm. based. I'll do, um, it'll say like in line 37, or if it gives you a specific line number, you go there, you read the context of it, you answer the question. There's best evidence questions on there. Say, which of these provides the best evidence? Because it'll give you a general statement without any lines. You use the best evidence shortcut. Say, okay, these are the lines at the check. What does the top question say? It's like, the author would most likely feel, and you got to kind of yeah. omit the would most likely. You, The author feels this way because. Then you have to go through each best evidence, which evidence supports how the author feels. Where does it directly say it? Because one of the most important things I learned about the reading section is that for it to be a standardized test, it has to be written directly in the passage or restated directly from the passage. Exactly. Demonstrated or restated is the strategy I go by. And if it says, the author would most likely feel this way, okay, where does it say in there how the author feels? It's not, you're not interpreting it. The biggest thing is the SAT isn't like a normal English class. Where in the fact that if there's any question at all in the reading where it's asking you to interpret how you think the author feels, if there's any question that's an interpretation of how the author feels, it's wrong. It has to be directly stated in the text. That's a really good point, actually. Honestly, I already like the reading. I somehow did really well on it my junior year, so I haven't been focusing on that as much because my strategy is super scoring. I don't need to get like a like I don't need to get a com- good combined score. I just need to get good section scores so I can combine them because I don't think I'm applying. I was going to do a few UC schools, but they're very expensive. I yeah. think the only school in California I would apply to is Stanford. Yeah, half of California is burning down right now. Yeah, so there even is a California to go to. Yeah, but so the reading, that's a very good point with the reading. Like, I understand, like, all those, like, that's a good thing to go by. One of the, yeah, is. you learn all these tricks. Like, if the college board's saying, oh, this is a humorous insight. If through training you learn, okay, well, what do they mean by humorous? Because obviously I'm not going to get the joke. Yeah. Nobody gets the joke. What they mean by humorous, they're, the college board's interpretation of what humor is is entirely separate from what a normal human being's humor is. Like in the SAT, if they say something's humorous, you have to look at what the character of If some say like somebody does something as a humorous, it's a humorous insight into whatever, like some character. You have to look at what the character's characterization is, what they directly say the character is, what they're like, and you find when the character does the exact opposite of what they're been set up to do, that's their humor. It's ironic almost. It's not it's not specifically ironic, but it's it goes against the character, and that's what their humor is. It's really weird. So you learn all this stuff when you sit there and you do it for long enough, and that's why I feel like Unfortunately, now reading probably is my strongest section because I hit that so hard. Yeah, that's a, yeah, honestly, that's just. There's all the just quirks of the test. It, the, I do apologize in advance. It's a game. The, the test is a game. It really is. I think the the math section is more so a game than the reading section, honestly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, 
if you know how to take a multiple choice test and rule out answers and all that, you can do fantastic on the math section. Yeah, as Brian was saying about the reading section, and then as I said about how I've kind of already done good on the reading, and I don't really need to, like, I don't think I'm going to try to, like, up that score because I don't see myself ever getting better than what I got. I'm just going to kind of, like, be honest with myself. So I've been focusing more on the math recently to try to get that score higher because I know I can do better on my math. So one of the, like, some of the best strategies I've found for the math section, so when I first started taking it, I took the, of course, logical approach. Like, okay, they give you a system of equations. So, like, let's use, like, substitution or, like, addition or subtraction to try to, like, isolate a variable for, like, a system. This is just a total example. Yeah, or, you know, where you, or the normal algebraic way you solve a system is you make one of the numbers the exact opposite so they cancel. Yeah. And you combine the two, and then you solve for one, then you plug back in, solve the other. But one of the best ways to do that, actually, you just plug in the answers and see which one works. And that's exactly where I was just going. You'd think you want to take the logical approach to, like, figuring out how to answer a question on the SAT. Like, oh, let's just, like, use it like I did in math class. That's not the case. That's not the case at all. Yeah, no. If you do that, you're going to be, like, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. One of the best things you can do on the SAT is to, is to learn the tricks and to learn their patterns because there are patterns of the questions they ask and you will often see the same types of questions asked. I'm not oh, you'd see there's like archetypes almost of answers on the really test. Is. It'll be like one over two, two over one for A and yeah. B, four over two, two over four for C and D. You yeah. know, you just, you recognize those, the opposite questions, you know, or multiples were two, four, six, or 10. Yeah, you know, like for all the answers and you're like, I've seen this before. Yeah, so like, I'm not getting into specific questions. You, by taking practice tests, you'll start to, you'll start to recognize it. Yeah. You will, you'll start to see the questions that are repeated over and over again. And the best thing I, my SAT prep at the beginning of the year for COVID and all that consisted of just doing practice tests and seeing what I get on them is get used to the time crunch and all that. That's what I did. That's but what, yeah. what I didn't do is I didn't go over what I got wrong. And yeah. I didn't look at it, and I didn't say, why is that wrong? That's such a good point. Like, really, one of the best strategies, like, besides finding all the tricks, looking over your, looking over what you got wrong can help you so much. Like, for example, let's say you take the math section, and you get, like, five wrong, right? And then you look back at those five questions, and you're like, hmm, why did I get that wrong? And more often than not, you'll see, you'll be getting a cross-practice test, the same types of questions wrong. It's yeah. very common that'll happen, and once you grasp how to solve that type of question, you'll get it wrong significantly less. You'll have a better chance of getting it right on the test. Yeah, like to give an example, on the reading section, they'll say, you know, when they put the two, I mentioned this earlier, when they put the two passages together, they say, author two would disagree with author one most likely because and they're trying to get you have to omit the most likely obviously those were my worst questions yeah but the way i found them okay where does author one directly state how they feel about an issue in the text underline it where does author two directly state how they feel about the issue in the text compare the two oh that's why he's disagreeing because blah 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 whatever he said in the second one you know, you just have to learn what to look for and how to solve those questions. There's all these strategies. Yeah, that really makes sense. Like, same thing, like, with the math. It's just there's certain questions that you're just going to have to learn how to do, and that's how you get a good score on it. So practice tests really are your best friend. 
especially Khan Academy. Those prints and review practice tests, they do help, but the ones on Khan Academy are made by the College Board, and they're very, very helpful to getting a better score on the Oh, SAT. absolutely. I, I only do College Board questions for my prep and all that because they're the only questions that are guaranteed to behave the way that SAT questions do. You should, one of my best suggestions to anyone taking the upcoming SAT, of course, if you're like taking it in a week, you might not have time for this, but do every single practice test in Khan Academy. Try to get every single one done and then go back and look at all the shit you got wrong on it. That's very, very helpful for figuring out like where you're, where you stand, where you're looking at scoring. And if you're not happy with your score, start doing new strategies, find new things. Like Yeah, and moreover, when you're looking at an answer, right? You have to kind of drop the mindset that, okay, well, both of these answers seems like they could be correct. I'm going to go with this one. You got to drop that because the thing is exactly. on the college board's tests, there is one correct answer and it is indisputable that that is the correct answer. Yeah. There's no disputing it. You uh, Kids very often, I say kids, but people, I should say more generally, our peers, what they'll do is they'll take the SAT and they'll think of it like it's a normal high school test. Because I'll be honest, on a lot of high school tests on questions, I mean, hell, you probably see it every week. You can sit there and the teacher passes back a test and you can argue why your answer makes sense and why it's correct. More often than not, the teacher will be like, oh, my bad. Yeah, I, I can see why that answer would be correct. Yeah. And they throw out that question. You get points for it. Not on the SAT. So when you sit there and you get a question wrong, you realize, okay, it's beyond dispute that, say I put B, well, D is the correct answer beyond dispute. You have to sit there and you have to say, why does College Board, why do they the believe the they <laughs> they are the they why do they believe that d is the correct answer what makes d the correct answer and that's when you really understand it sounds stupid from an if you've never done it before but once you really try to apply that strategy it works wonders it really does that's such a good point it gets you to recognize the patterns more than anything yeah like some common patterns you'll see on the math section it's like more often than not like you'll get a system of equations and if you multiply one system by a certain factor, you'll see that like if you add or subtract them after you multiply by a factor, they'll cancel out and it'll be very easy to like narrow it down. And sometimes the answer will just like pop out right in front of you and you won't even have to finish the question. That's a very helpful strategy. The best thing yeah, for math especially, plugging you have answers. to realize, plugging in answers, you have to realize every single question can be solved in under 30 seconds if you know what you're doing. Um, not every question, like most. It depends if you know the strategies. I'd say every, arguably every single question, less than 30 seconds. Most if you recognize every strategy available to you, pretty, I'd say pretty, 99% of them. Yeah, well, sometimes if you want to solve every question over 30 seconds, you're an animal. <laughs> yeah, you well, that's when you fully understand the test. Yeah. That's when you're on the, your absolute peak with the SAT. There is, and like there's certain questions though that like a good strategy if you really know the test, go through the, like fly through the whole test, right? Mark down your answer, move on to the next question. Don't ponder on it. Move on, move on, move on, move on. If there's a question you have to sit on for like more than a minute. Skip it and come back. Skip it and come back. So you have like, to value your time in it. It's so, so crucial. And when you finish the SAT and you get to the end of like a certain section and you have time left over, Go back to the ones that you struggled on and look at it and try to solve it. If you can't solve it, take your best guess. Just, just pick C. Just pick C. I promise. Just pick C. <laughs> yeah. One of the yeah. things I do with it 
is to get the most, and I'll, I don't guess on many questions. I'd say there's probably four questions of test that I actually guess on. But if you think about it, if you put C for every single answer, right, that you guess on, not, I'm not saying you, a whole test you get, you put B every single answer. I'm not saying that at Statistically all. Statistically speaking, but, you're going to get one right. <laughs> yeah, really, if you put C for every single one you guess on, statistically you will get you say you do four you'll get at least one right guessing c on every single one statistically speaking i mean obviously you can't hold that to real life but yeah if say you guess on a whole section you put c for every answer statistically you will get a quarter of those correct so that's what i do with my guessing statistically speaking i should get at least a quarter of them right and that's better than nothing where like if you've I feel like if you say, okay, well, B seems like it could be the correct answer with this one, you're too biased with it, and you could be falling into a trap college board set for you, and you could be setting yourself up to get that wrong. Even though you're guessing on it, you're setting yourself, you're falling into a trap with that one. You're more um, subjective, where if you do an object, objective, objective, whatever, approach, and you put C for every one, you can't fall into any traps. That, that, that's completely different, though. I kind of derailed on that one. Yeah. Yeah, but to just sum it all up, there's going to be tricks. You should really, there's a lot of YouTube videos. Princeton Review is good for learning the tricks. Khan Academy won't show you, like... I, I, but Khan Academy, what they do with their answers is they'll say C is the... The correct answer is C because C is the correct answer is really what you get out of yeah. doing a Khan Academy review. But then Princeton Review really explains to you the trick behind finding the answers to certain questions, and that's why I'd suggest reading, or even Princeton Review, like, there's a lot of SAT guides. Just use the one you prefer, because those will really show you, like, the ins and outs of taking it. Khan Academy is good for just giving you, letting you practice those tricks, not showing you the tricks, letting you practice those tricks. Yeah, and on the math section, remember your rules. I, re- I highly recommend you learn what your special right triangles are. Oh, God. They save yeah. you so much time if you know them. So much time. 45, 45, 90, 36. The 1, 1 square root of 2 triangle, 45, 45, 90. You just know it. And you the, see a question with that, you instantly know what an angle is. You instantly know what a side is. Also, to avoid using the Pythagorean theorem, you see a 3, 4, 5 triangle, always remember that ratio because that'll pop up. It'll pop up, say, time. 15, 20, 25 yeah. as your sides. And you instantly can recognize it as a three four five and i think i believe the angles in that are a 32 58 90 yeah. <laughs> something like that <laughs> somewhere around there it could be 38 or I, I think 32 58 90 38 52 9 something like that i mean i don't think you'll get it necessarily wrong but you just know that and it's really an advantage you know you go in knowing a circle's two pi yeah Getting no. ratios for circles is very helpful. Like, they'll ask yeah. you for, like, an arc length or something, and you use, like, okay, so the entire area of the circle is this, and let's see, like, what fraction is like that. It's it's pretty, um, it's easy. Yeah, and one of the, you get it. kind of bring it full circle, one thing, the best thing I can say, really, for a math section is you are in control of the variables. You have to remember you are in control of the variables. You, mathematically speaking, you can go to any test, right? Say, I think the best example I can give of this is they give you like a bunch of number, a bunch of variables, like L plus R over two, right? They say L plus R over two is equivalent to which of these and the answers, right? And what a lot of people don't realize that they can do 
say, okay, well, let L equal 5 for absolutely no reason. Yeah. Let R equal 3. 5 plus 3 over 2, 8 over 2. Well, that would be 4. You plug in your L and R values in your each answer choice. I recommend starting from B and going down and go back to A last. You plug that in. Whichever one's equal to 8 is your answer. Yeah. You plugging in answers and making out numbers, it's a very, very good strategy for figuring out questions that you don't know how to do. And if I didn't review, I never would have known that. If I yeah. didn't read the books, I never would have known that. If you don't have a review book and you aren't going through a review book and actively trying to learn this kind of stuff, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. Like, you're never going to do good with that. You have to understand this kind of stuff. I'm not like trying to toot my own horror or anything. I'm just trying to give you an example of how much this helps. Like my Khan Academy practice test last year before learning any of these strategies, I was consistently getting like 630 to 650 on my math section. After kind of learning these strategies, I my last practice test I took, I got a 790 on the math and only got one wrong. So it really, really does help. Take like, the time, learn it. it Even really if you were, or obviously if you're a senior right now, you're very late to it. You're very late to the whole process. You know, you don't have much time, college applications, and obviously you can send your scores in later. Sit down, take as much time as you can, learn the test inside and out. Don't it's, don't it's, take any shortcuts, learn it inside and out. You have to discipline yourself and you really, if you want to get a fantastic SAT score, learn the test, yeah. learn all these strategies, learn how to take it. Yeah, it's just, it's how hard you're willing to work. It really is. I mean, going into that, that's a really good talking point, how hard you're willing to work. You have to have a purpose in life. You really do. Every day of the week, you have to have a purpose. I say, generally, as a rule of thumb for me, what I do on weekdays, every single weekday, I, I've taken a couple Fridays easy, only because on Thursdays, I get all my work done for Friday. I work twice as hard on Thursday, so I can have a good Friday and make a three-day yeah. weekend almost. Yeah. But every weekday, I'm working, and there are no exceptions. I'm not hanging out. I'm not wasting time on a weekday, unless it's a Friday. That's my exception. Because mm -hmm. Thursday, I set myself up to where I can afford to do something on a Friday. Yeah. Well, it's... Excuse me. Um, working hard, that's such a... It can make, make or break like a difference in your life. Like, having a purpose is how you keep yourself motivated, keep yourself feeling good. It's how you stop yourself from getting hung up over stupid shit. It really is. Like, kind of just knowing that, like... Dude, I'm my own person. I got a lot of shit going on. I don't have time to deal with this bullshit right now. That's such a good mindset to be you in. You value yourself. You really, and it's not, I'm not saying be arrogant, yeah. but you really have to value who you are and value yourself. You know, you have to realize, you know what? I don't have time for this right now. Yeah. I don't have time point. to even care about this right now. That's how you don't get hung up over anything. It's just, you're too busy. Exactly. Like a person like just for some reason just doesn't like you who the fuck cares <laughs> honestly <laughs> who the fuck cares it doesn't matter like especially in high school man like you're gonna have people that like don't like you dude they're not gonna fucking matter in about like a year if you're a senior Literally, yeah you're from now we're all gonna shit. be gone so you know what does it matter i think we should be i think you should be friends with everyone you can yeah the only people that are gonna matter are the friends that are like your good friends that yeah. you're gonna talk to in college and you're gonna like try to stay in contact with. those are the people that are gonna matter yeah I, I don't think you should not be friends with somebody because, you know, you don't see a point in it. You know, oh, we're going to be gone a year from now, so I don't want to be friends with you. That's stupid. No, Live no be friends with everyone, man. Don't exclude yourself, you know. And kind of going back to the whole purpose thing, I really do think you need to be fully dedicated to yourself sometimes. You know, it, 
modern day, they call you an asshole for putting yourself first, but really you have to have self-respect. It really is. You should so. never be like throwing yourself in front of a train for somebody else all the time. It's, you know? yeah. Like you can still be caring and empathetic and like helpful to other people. Like for example, my studies and my schoolwork and like my studying for SAT, my college applications, that's all very, very important. That's a big part of my life right now. Cause it's like, I'm trying to get to college. I'm trying to get a good career. So I've been really, really focusing on that. And I'm so dedicated to that myself. And I put like my own grind first and finishing all what I, what finishing what I need to do and getting all my stuff done. But if people come to me for help about like an assignment or like how to prepare for an SAT or what to do for a college application, I do help them. Cause like I really do enjoy helping people, but I still put myself first. Putting yourself first doesn't make you selfish. It doesn't make you an asshole. That's just not true. Putting yourself first is one of the best mindsets you can live in. And honestly, you'll be so much happier doing it. That's just my advice. Yeah, I mean, you run your detailing business and all. You have so much stuff going on. I have so much stuff going on myself. I'm stuffed. I have so much stuff going on that, you know, I don't have time to really care about stupid shit anymore. You know, it's gotten to the point where if I see somebody, you know, playing games with me or, you know, they're not like fully present or short with me. Yeah. All right, you're on red. I don't care anymore. I don't have time to worry about this shit. I'm too fucking busy. Red. <laughs> red. Yeah. It's something that's very fulfilling when you see somebody who's just purposely trying to waste your time and you don't fall into that trap. It's amazing. Time is so valuable. Don't let anybody waste that shit. Time is the most valuable asset you have as a human being. It's really finite. You, Your time is your resource. You choose, okay, well, I want to spend really when you're working you say, I want to spend X amount of time for X amount of dollars or Y amount of dollars, right? What you're doing is you're converting your time into money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think you should ever let somebody fully get your time for free unless, you know, you're getting something out of it. Yeah, like my daily thing consists of like over the weekdays. I'm very similar to Brian here and our weekdays. Like I really do most weekdays unless I have literally nothing else to do on a weeknight. Like if I have everything done on like let's say a Wednesday night I'll go out and hang out with people if they want to and they don't have anything going on but if I have stuff to do I'm and there's, if I have stuff to do like I'm doing it like it's getting done like See, I'm not even, procrastinating I go even a step further though where if I say okay I don't really have anything else to do tonight you find something I find do. something to do I sit down idea. I find something productive to do it's actually a really good idea like but I do firmly believe that weekdays are for productivity most of my days consist of wake up, go to school, get out of school, go to the gym for an hour, come home, shower, eat, study, do homework, college applications, then kind of just have like some me time at night, kind of just relax and kick back and then go to bed. Yeah, I, I pretty much have a similar day where I pretty much wake up, go to school, go to work, come home, do homework, get all that shit done, work out have a little bit of time to myself and really most nights it's only like 20 to 30 minutes to myself and I crash and do it again the next day yeah but it's not every day though that's why you have the weekend exactly weekend you have to so budget funny. in the fun yes exactly like literally like you're my friday saturday sunday like like for example like my friday night like i went out and hung out with all my friends and like saturday like i just had the sat in the morning that i went out and hung out with we had like a birthday party for our friend David and like we just that was it, a fun was, night. it was such a good night 
and like it just makes working hard worth it when you just you feel it at the end of the week when you had a really fun weekend and you know you worked hella hard during the weekdays it's, such a good it's just a good week you know yeah. you feel like you deserve that fun that you had oh hell yeah it's so important you're not you know you're not even robbing yourself of anything at that point you're still having fun you're still getting shit done and it's a win-win honestly it that's really the way i see it a win-win i am i seriously just it's such a good life to live honestly like i didn't realize this until middle school or and i didn't realize it in middle school i didn't realize it until high school even freshman year i didn't realize it much but then once I hit high school, I started realizing, like, damn, I should really try to, like, actually make myself better and try to, like, do this and do that and, like, get better at this because it really feels good making progress. Self-improvement is the best investment. You should never not be improving yourself. Yeah. That's my firm belief. And the first step, if you're trying to start self-improvement and you want to really, you know, elevate yourself, because I feel like, say, you're a man or you're a woman. You want to be the man you've always dreamt of being. You want to be the woman you've always dreamt of being, you know? And I feel like the first step to getting there is you have to self-improve. And to self-improve, you have to get rid of the time wasters. My biggest time waster for the longest time was video games. Mm -hmm. They are designed to waste your time. They are professional time wasters. Video games, they're horrible for you. And once you learn to get rid of them, you really start to blossom, I think. Yeah, I'm not going to, like, shit on anyone that plays video games because I will say... If you can control yourself and you can play video games every now and then, every once in a while. Oh, they're fun. Yeah, absolutely. They're totally fun. But, like, it's very easy to let it get out of control for, like, let's say you have shit to do on a Monday night. And you're like, damn, I should really start working on this because the deadline's soon. And you see your Xbox and you're like, oh, I don't want to get on. And it doesn't get done. It doesn't get done. It's such, like... That was my life for the longest period of time until I gave them up and... During quarantine, that was my life. It was both of our lives. Me and Brian mm-hmm. would play, like, video games all the time together. We went from Dark Souls to Terraria to, like, we just... Everything, man. Yeah. And it was it was just so, like, stay up till 2 a.m. and playing video games. I'm like, dude, this is fucking miserable. <laughs> Look, it's it was so fun miserable. in the it was fun in the moment, but looking back on it, man, I want to kick myself in the nuts because what the fuck <laughs> what was do, I doing? Though. There was nothing else to do during that time, and it just kind of, like... It kind of brings it back. I feel like almost, you know, I talked to Bryant about this last week, you know, with the video games and all that. But I do feel like if I sat back and you know, realized, okay, I'm in the middle of the quarantine. Yeah, video games are a big thing to do right now because there's nothing else to do. What if I started my SAT? What if I devoted all the time I spent playing video games to SAT studying? <laughs> Looking that. back on that, let's just say I think I would have done a little better. Yeah, you, I mean, you're still going to do good, though, because you still did work your ass off, and you had a lot of time allotted to study. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that that little extra edge, you know, it's kind of what I said to Bryant last week with guitar. If I started guitar earlier, if I took all the time that I was wasting and played guitar instead, or I started a few years before, I'd be much, much better than I am right now. Mm -hmm. And just, you kind of kick yourself because you're like oh man i wish i realized this earlier but i guess really that's life you know dude totally like guitar i just i've been playing i know you started like when i met you like two years ago yeah yeah i had been playing since 2011 yeah so it's nine years now yeah you've got me beat on that (laughs) but like yeah you've come dude you've come a long way like i remember like giving you advice and like the first songs learned you've come so far with it i know i remember when i first started it when i first started guitar Anything that would sound remotely 
What are you doing with that axe? What axe? What, what, are you, what are you doing with that axe? What axe are you talking about, Brian? You, you, okay. There's no axe. <laughs> I think you're saying things. Guys, if I'm not at school tomorrow, okay. I died. He killed me. I'm ter- I'm terrified right now. He's anyways as I was anyways as I was saying um <laughs> I can't keep it together. As I was saying with guitar, when I first started playing, I couldn't really anything that sounded remotely like a song to me. I felt like I was the king of the world if I could play anything remotely like a song. I thought mm-hmm. this is so cool. This sounds like an actual song right here. Because my fingers were so slow changing chords and all that. Uh-huh. It was like E minor, one, two, three, four, F. Yeah. It took me that long. You have to move your fingers around. Now it's just natural for me, but... It really... That's, that's one of the best, like, mountains I've ever climbed was the struggle in the beginning of guitar. <laughs> I was just... That was pure struggle in its finest form. I feel that. It's... When I first started, my first guitar was a little Yamaha backpack guitar. It was tiny. It's like a hundred bucks on Amazon. My dad got it for me because, like, my dad's been playing for forever. He started playing in college, and he's like forty-six now. So, it he started teaching me on guitar. And I started learning the basic chords. And I don't know if anybody knows this. E song. minor. Start with E minor, guys. My first song I ever learned was Jane Says by Jane's Addiction. It's a very good song. Two chords. That's That was my first one as well, actually. I asked him. I remember it vividly. I said, yeah, dude, I'm starting out guitar. What song is easy that I could learn? He said, oh, you know, Jane Says by Jane's Addiction. It's just a G and an A. Yeah. I sat down that afternoon for three hours. <laughs> Looking back on that, it's funny as fuck to me that it took me three hours to learn a two-chord song with a fucking G and an A open cowboy chords it took me that long but that's the struggle of it didn't sound good either i don't understand strumming patterns or anything back then but yeah that's a struggle yeah then like i eventually started like getting better and better i got my first electric it was a fender starcaster not the stratocaster the starcaster made by it is they are made by fender some are made by squire which are like it's a kind of subset of fender squires will never equal an actual fender yeah, they won't. They're, they're good guitars to start out with, don't get me wrong. Like, they're a good little first investment when you're first getting into guitar. They're so good, and you can learn a lot on a Squire. But once you start making progress, if you want a new guitar and you like Fenders, get a Fender. I mean, like, dude, I, I still use my Squire. Yeah. I use it for my lead guitar, my crunchy lead guitar. In my covers, I use a Fender. It has its Or purpose. my Squire. <laughs> it it, its if you understand what it's good for, if you, as I realize, it's a solid body. You know, there's all these different guitar, you know, archetypes almost, these different forms. Mm-hmm. Once you realize what its strengths are, you can really play to them. Crunchy lead guitar, Squire every single day of the week. Mm-hmm. I put my PRS, which I found to be amazing on rhythm. Very good rhythm guitar. Use a PRS, and I put those together, I get very good covers. Yeah, it's... Uh, guitar, it's such a... It's a road, and, like, one of the first things... I can tell you about playing guitar. Some of my best advice: don't fucking give up. Please, please, don't yeah, give please up. don't give up please on it. Please don't give up on it. You're gonna get fucking better at it. You can't let yourself like. It's back to what we were saying about the grind. It's a grind. You have a purpose. If you want to p- make yourself better and you want to learn this instrument, you, you have to actively. You have to actively do it. And it's even with guitar, with anything, you have to shift your mindset to realize that it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. 
when it's not oh you know if i get good at guitar if i put in this enough time if i put in if i put in enough time i'll get better you have to change it to when i put in enough time i'll get better and that alone will motivate you a lot more than you think yeah like for example one of the things i like to call it when i'm talking about guitar it's i call it the wall and it's basically what happens is okay you learn your basic chord shapes cowboy chords if you call it open chords you learn your a your a major your e your e minor e major g c f major seven you learn all those open chords and they're like oh yeah like i can put my fingers on and i can strum it that doesn't take you that long to master just learn how to strum you're right a passage with that once you know you're starting to get pretty decent at just making the shapes and playing it is when you can finally get your pinky to make that f major seven Mm -hmm. that's your first rite of passage yeah it's you're jumping over just you're going through a bunch of walls that's your first wall right then your second one is i need to get faster between switching through them that's that takes months that's the wall I was talking about. You're going to find it very, very difficult to start switching between chords and playing an actual song. And that is the wall you hit. And that is where so many guitarists give up. It takes months of time. It really does. And eventually, then once you get past that and you start to learn open chords. That's the bar, bar chords. chords. <laughs> <laughs> those and took me a long time. Those will, like, you'll be pressing so hard with your index finger. And, like, it'll start to hurt, and, like, you'll get discouraged, but, like, you'll get it eventually. There's a certain angle you'll find that's comfortable for you. Yeah, it's different for everyone, I feel like. Like, nobody's advice on it. There's a certain way. I play mine a little crooked, and that's just the way that works for me, you know? Some people can play it straight on, but basically what a bar chord is for anybody who doesn't really understand that. So, a bar chord is where you have to make this crazy shape with your you know, all of your fingers, but your index is holding down all the strings on the fretboard. Kind of, if you know what a capo is, a capo changes the tone of your guitar. It makes it either higher or lower, depending on where you put it. Mm -hmm. It makes all the strings, it holds them all down at once, and it makes it higher. Well, you're basically doing that with your index finger, as opposed to just putting a metal piece on it, and you make a crazy shape after it, and it takes months to get down. Yeah, but bar chords are just... Like, I remember first learning it, and, like, one of the things you'll find with learning bar chords, your index finger, you might not be pressing hard enough, and it'll literally, like, you'll only be able to play, like, two strings, and it'll just kind of sound like chucky. Chucky, yeah. Like, it it won't sound like an actual chord. Now, what I found, because I got my electric around the time I finally passed the first wall, (laughs) or I'd say, technically, in my own progression, you say the wall, so for all intents and purposes, we'll say once you pass the wall where you're able to switch between the open chords very easily... Then it's the bar chords and all that. I got my electric around that time. I learned power chords, which is kind of like a bar chord. It's They're a little easier. simpler. They're, They're easier, easier but it perfectly thing. led me into it to where you get used to normal three-finger power chords with your index finger on one string, your ring finger, and your pinky like right next to each other in the in the shape, so to say, <laughs> the shape, the standard bar chord shape. They're not bar chord, power chord shape. That once you get comfortable making that and sliding around, because it's easier to play on an electric, I'll be honest, it feels so much easier in acoustic. Then you just hold it down, and you got a bar chord. Then you learn the Freebird solo. <laughs> See, I don't think <laughs> I don't think it goes that quickly. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, learning how to solo, a lot of times, when you first start learning how to solo, it'll take you hours, even days to learn a solo. Months, even. Yeah, 
you'll you'll eventually start figuring it out how to bends solo. bends are very fun where you bend the string and get the guitar up you have, it, yeah. you once you discover bends it's a whole new world but the bends by radiohead i don't listen to radiohead i don't either i just know that song is there a reason for that it's one of their most popular songs are you a radiohead fan no I've, i don't listen to do you go on reddit are you do you like Keanu Reeves? No, I don't like Keanu Reeves or Big Chungus. I also The funny rabbit is exactly what I was about to say. The also, large animated rabbit. I also don't play a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have Funko Pops. Does I feel like the Redditor is probably the most cookie cutter basic human being you'll ever encounter. They really like Marvel movies. And they like Simpsons memes. Which are fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> Not even funny. Jamie, the, the animated rabbit was how large? <laughs> uh, I need to get somebody like that. Like on Joe Rogan, I get like Jamie to somebody sit in the corner and be like, oh, can you pull that up real quick? <laughs> can you pull that up real quick? There's <laughs> <laughs> just something that sounds powerful saying that. Like, can you uh, pull that up real quick? What were we talking about before that? Guitar. How the fuck did we go from guitar to Reddit? Don't fucking know. It, it happened. Well, I guess, I mean, Reddit does have its functions. I can say that much. If you know how, if you aren't retarded about it, I say retarded very loosely. If you aren't, I don't, I don't actually mean retarded, retarded. But if you're smart about it, Reddit is, it could be useful to you. For example, there are some trying to tie it into guitar. You can go on a guitar subreddit and really, I just found a website that they posted there where you can pay somebody who's very good at music to make a tab for you. Some songs are so unpopular That's awesome. that they don't have tabs online because you learn, you look up the music online pretty much to learn a song on guitar and uh, it's uh, it comes obvious that it's not every song is going to be online. So you find the least popular ones, you can pay somebody to listen to it, because if you're not as musically inclined as they are, if it doesn't come naturally, you can't hear notes and all that, they'll make you the music for it, they'll make you the sheet music, they'll make you everything for it, and that's very useful. That's pretty much the only good thing I've ever gotten out of using Reddit. That's about it. I, I wouldn't recommend the app, actually. I mean, there's, there's a few exceptions to the Reddit rule. There are some good subreddits, I'll admit. Like, there's a few I look at, but otherwise, it's just... Yeah, just don't don't be that guy. Don't grow a neck beard. It's a waste. You know, don't be the guy. Uh, and I'm not necessarily saying this as a redditor. Don't be the guy who posts their cash app on their stories. Oh my! You guys, God. help me out. Don't be that guy. I I mentioned it with Bryant last week. The story you told me about um the one kid who like dropped a grand on Supreme shit. Yeah, his very next slide is, yo, can anybody scoop? Just have a fucking car. That's, that's just the, Don't be that guy. That's being stupid with your money. Don't really beg is. for money on your Snapchat, please. please. Don't. Don't do it. Please, for the love of God, don't beg for money. Get a job. Get a fucking job. <laughs> like, please. It's not that hard to get a job. Like, so many people... Ugh. You're no better than the homeless man on the side of 19 if you're begging for money on your Snapchat. Just put it that way. It's the same yeah, concept. Honestly, yeah, I, I second that. I mean, it's... How many people are you going to 
do you think are going to click through your story and see your fucking cash app on there and be like, oh yeah, I'll give this guy $20. Like, said nobody ever. Like, honestly. If you're a girl, though, and you got some guys in there that are, like, willing to try to, like, impress. Simp. You might have a little bit better. Yeah, they do have a that. word for that. It's simp. Simp. I, I don't like that word, though. Well, what do you dislike about it so much? I just, it's become so widely used, and it's just not funny anymore. Like. There's a lot of examples of that. Yeah. It's not. I mean, you saw that with lost memes. The word beta is funnier than simp. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. You remember lost memes were like back in freshman year for us. That was like an elitist thing. Like if you could, if you could see a lost meme, you were like considered elite, and it was funny, and everybody understood it. And now it's gotten to the point where I saw some kid in my second period class with his Microsoft Teams profile pic as a lost meme, (laughs) and I just wanted to punch him. If I I don't I still don't know who it was, but. If I ever meet that person in public, I will punch them for having their profile pic as a lost meme. Some jokes are like milk. They do expire. <laughs> they do it's expire. very well said. Yeah, they, it, you can't say the same thing over and over again. And for the longest time, our inside joke was, yeah. It all just came from some meme we found where some guy Googled, what's the date? And all that came up was, yeah. And for some reason, that was comedy gold to us two years ago. And now it's unfazed. But yeah, I just, <sighs> jokes, man, like, I don't know, but I feel like the thing about, like, people, like, getting a job, that's so important, like, so many kids don't, it all comes, stems from, like, the work hard conversation, having a purpose, so many people don't want to work hard, they don't want to get up and go make money, just do it, you'll feel a lot better about yourself, you'll actually be able to go out, you won't have to, like, ask people to pay for your shit, like, I've been there. It's... You don't have to bum money from mommy so you can go to the causeway mcdonald's yeah exactly having your own money and like being able to buy your own shit yeah it feels amazing like actually working hard and buying something like for example like beginning of junior year i worked like so hard over the summer i had a lot of money in my savings account i didn't spend much over the summer and because all i really spent on was like food and gas and whatever because i didn't really need anything i had everything i wanted then i was like damn, I want a nice computer because all I have is just, like, shitty desktop with, like, an i3 from, like, yeah. 2010 or something like that. It was, like, a Lenovo. Like, it, it had its purpose. It was, like, a little computer, but I wanted something better for school. And I bought, like, a MacBook, like, a 2019 MacBook Pro with my own money, and it was just, it, it was such a good feeling. Like, yeah, no, you something. own it. Like, Which, I feel like with a lot of stuff, especially finance, to buy your own stuff is amazing. Yes, getting into that. I know most miners aren't going to have to deal with this issue because you can't really do it. But people who finance shit, like, okay, it's one thing, a house. A house is one a thing. A mortgage is acceptable. A mortgage is acceptable to this rule. You're working to own something with the mortgage. It's, that's what, exactly. That's what matters with it. Yeah, that really it's an investment matter. in yourself. It's shelter. It's a basic human need. You need that. I know we're kind of gonna sound like Dave Ramsey here. I don't know. If, I don't know if Dave Ramsey. I don't know if you're listening, but shout out to Dave Ramsey. I'd... You have good shit. You're a smart guy. You're like a like, nine out of ten. You really are. I seriously, but yeah, the mortgage thing—that's an exception. But otherwise, so many people finance shit they don't need and they can't afford, and that's how you fuck yourself over. Stay so out of debt easily. at all costs, please. Like. 
you'll you'll find as soon as you turn 18 you'll get those credit card offers in the mail and you'll have people trying to harass you to open up this and finance that don't do it please i cannot wait to get because i use my it's kind of getting off topic i cannot wait till i turn 18 so i get credit card offers in the mail because i've been using printer paper to start my bonfires and all that and i need i feel like it'd be more satisfying to burn a credit card offer to start a fire so i'm excited for that Credit cards are okay. Like if you're a functioning adult and you have a steady income and you are disciplined enough to pay the bill, it's there are some benefits to having a credit card. There are. But I'd argue though, if you have an emergency fund, you don't need a credit card most of the time. You're very right. Yeah, but they they do and have their benefits. For what everybody, a, a lot of people obviously won't know what an emergency fund is. I mean, it sounds pretty self-explanatory, but basically, an emergency fund is a savings account. And you typically do it with a different bank than the normal bank you bank with. Like, say, I do TD Bank for my, mm-hmm. you know, normal checking and saving account. Do Achieva. Yeah, do Achieva, do Chase or something else and open a savings account with them. You know, just a low interest, like, money market account, you know. And put, put you know, maybe $500 to a grand in there just in case something bad happens. It, it's your just-in-case fund. It really is. That's such a what you'll find with a lot of people is they'll use their credit cards for emergencies. And a credit card, you're putting yourself in debt when you use that. Exactly. It's you end up paying more because you have interest. Well, mm-hmm. that's interest working against you using a credit card. You open a emergency fund, you're getting interest on that money. You're making more money off of that. So you're gaining money as opposed to paying more than you normally would with a credit card. And you're serving the same purpose. Yeah. That's such a good point. Like, credit cards, it's one of the best ways I can explain this. Financing, anything besides a house, but financing things is such a good way for Americans to buy shit they don't need. Literally, like, you don't need a brand new car when you graduate college. You don't need to buy a brand new fucking car. That's one of the worst things you can buy because it depreciates so fast in value like hell. It, isn't, it loses like 25 percent of value the minute the you drive, drive off, off the lot yeah yep. it's it's so you can so get a used car maybe three maybe a year before or three year years before, before yeah. and it's not that much of a difference and you'll still it'll still be nice it will like one of the best things you can do for buying a car Financing a car is not really a good idea. One of the best things I can suggest, if you can do this, save up enough money, get a car that's might be it might be a hunk of shit. I'm gonna be honest, but it runs and it drives and it's safe. Beats walking. Beats walking. It's a very good idea. So buy like car for like let's say fifteen hundred bucks. Drive that car for as long as you can. Save up a good amount of money, and then buy another car for let's say. 6,000. So you put aside, let's say 4,800, right? In your savings account, then you sell the car, you've been driving for 1,200, then you can buy a $6,000 car. Yeah, and you notice when you, if you buy an older car, its rate of depreciation goes down much slower. So you buy kind of, you weren't there yet, but say you bought, you climbed up, you know, you started a $1,000 car, you drive that for a couple of years, you can sell that for maybe 700, 800. You lose $200 on it. That's fine, though. It served its purpose. You yeah. get that money back on top of the money you saved while you're driving that one. Now you can get a $2,000 car. Mm-hmm. Do the same thing. $3,000, $4,000. You keep slowly climbing yourself up to the point where you can get, like, maybe a $10,000 car. It's not, it's not going to depreciate that much. You know, you just keep climbing. I think that's a better way to do it. 
Because, you know, you'll start off with a shitty car, but by the time you're done with that and you save save up enough money, you don't owe anybody anything. It's such a good feeling not owing anybody anything. One of the best things, a lot of people are going to come back to me with the argument of, oh, I don't want to drive around this because of, like, how people are going to look at me like they're going to think I'm broke. Okay. Don't let your ego get in the way. Newsflash, newsflash. The people next to you with a fucking BMW, there's a very good chance they're broke and they're financing that car. Don't let it fucking fool you. I mean, yeah, you see with... I feel like it's BMWs more than anything. It's like... If you can buy a BMW in cash, more power to you. I feel like the majority of people who drive BMWs are financing it. They can barely afford it. Or leasing. They're like, oh, don't lease a car. Yeah, please don't lease a car. My mom did that a couple years ago with a Honda CRV. I still remember that. And I didn't fully understand what leasing is or was back then. But looking at... Oh, don't lease a car, please. This might be a sensitive subject to some people, all this, but we're just saying it for your own good. Don't lease a car, please. For the love of God, don't do any of these things. Don't let yourself get into debt. It's such a bad idea. Debt is, it's, you know, they say with student loans and all that, you, when you get out of college and you have a lot of debt, that debt is what's going to hold you back from starting your life. It's this ball and chain that's like on your ankle and you're just kind of dragging around i feel like student loans i feel like i wouldn't say necessarily acceptable like if you can get in college and not pay anything that's amazing do it that's yeah. amazing like bright but i feel like yeah i feel like you shouldn't hurt yourself or feel bad about yourself though if you do have to pay off student loans if you got like a good degree and you're working it and all that you know you're making an effort to pay it all off and start your life but just avoid debt at all costs is the best advice God, yeah, you debt is just it cripples you, it really does. And honestly, another sensitive subject. If you want to like, if you want to have like a happy, healthy marry, marriage, if you want to decide to like have a family, be smart with your money because a lot of times, like having tension with finance and family can be very hard. I know that's a very sensitive subject, but like, just remember that. Like, it's very easy. I don't remember the exact yeah I don't remember the exact statistic but the majority of fights in a marriage are because of finance Mm -hmm. and money finances and all that so you'd be careful with that but stress especially now I feel like with what we're doing right now just as a you know you're you're a senior junior in high school hell even a sophomore you know and you're working all that save some money for an emergency fund put money away you know and turn to 18 invest in an IRA I've yeah. thought about doing like a mutual fund and IRA when I come of age and all that. And I feel like, I mean, for basically the people who don't fully understand this and simply put an IRA or a mutual fund, say you were to put $2,000 in every year. They're, they're based off of compound interest based based. So say you were to put $2,000 in when you first make it every year, you put in $2,000 by the mm-hmm. time you're 27, you stop by the time you're like 50 and ready to retire. You'll have like four or $5 million. That money will, Get That's a rough estimate. Yeah. Rough estimate, but and you have to account for inflation and all that, but it's yeah. a very good way to go about doing things. I want to say you'll have a lot more than what you invest in. You, a lot, like yeah. exponentially more. If you can get interest to work for, for you in exponential rate, mm-hmm. do that. And stay away from paycheck advances. For the love of God, don't ever like... Don't. And also, lending people money. If you're going to give someone money, just gift it to them. Don't tell them to pay you back. That would fuck up a relationship really fast. I can tell you, I know multiple people who owe me money right now. Multiple people who owe me money. Yeah. I don't forget that. 
and you know you don't want to be the guy who's sitting there with their friend straining the relationship hey yo you got my 20 bucks oh no dude i'll, I'll have it later you know, yeah it's, you don't it's like, not a good feeling like if i go out to eat with like a homie and like let's say like it's that sounded incredibly white i'm sorry keep going <laughs> well i am white so it's okay i'm very white i'll admit it that like sent a shiver down my spine you're wearing a pin you're fine sure right now <laughs> okay but yeah let's say you're going out to eat with a, like your guys and then there's one guy who like or let's just say it's just two people and then you kind of sit down to eat at like the table and then one person like puts it on their card right and like it just goes under one check if your friend can like pay you back and has the cash right hell yeah like just like he can pay you back and that doesn't strain anything but like if your friend is like doesn't have the money but like you do one of my best suggestions don't say, oh, pay me back later. Say, hey, bro, I got you. Because, like, yeah. it's such a... Because paying somebody back is a courtesy. And what I've learned from past experiences is you can never expect a courtesy from another person. Never sit there and expect them to do the right thing or what you think is the right thing. Never expect a courtesy. And it even comes down to saying, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Don't ever expect that from somebody. Yeah. A lot of people don't admit when they're wrong. Really, like, They'll beat around the bush. They'll never admit it. Yeah. It's too sensitive for them to realize that they were wrong. Yeah, Swallow don't be that person. And apologize. If there's a person out there that like you were a bitch to in the past, and like just just apologize to them. It's like it, it'll make you feel better. Like, yeah, but when you know somebody was a bitch to you, you can never expect them to apologize to you. It's a courtesy. Don't ever expect a courtesy from somebody. As sad as that is, it's very true. Yeah, you you learn these things in time. Yeah it's, yeah, it's crazy. Get your finances together. Yeah. Don't live paycheck to paycheck. Get your shit together. Be smart about your money and don't buy shit you don't need. Please. You should always incorporate food. A lot of it's food. Yes. A lot. I've been, I, I know I said on Evan's podcast, he told me that the number one expense for a high school student is food. Eating out. Yeah. Ever since then, I've significantly cut down on it. And it's amazing to have that extra money. That would have said, you know what? No, I'm just going to eat at home today. I don't need yeah. to spend that money. And it's, it's, it's a good feeling. Yeah, we're not talking groceries. We're talking going out to eat. Like, because that is a lot of money. Listen, like, bro, I know I know Chipotle is really good. I would slam a Chipotle burrito any day of the week. But $8, man. Come on. You can save yeah. that. Yeah, it's just like it adds up to $8, man. It's not a lot of money. Let's say you hit Chipotle every day after school. It's fifty six dollars, and that's what two hundred forty eight dollars a month. I don't want to think about no, that. That makes me two hundred twenty four dollars a month on burritos, and it's like that's a lot of money. If you're that is about it. an incredible amount of money to spend. Or you could go to the grocery store, spend about fifty six dollars if you're good about what you buy, and get have, food for the week. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's not as terrible. That's like such a big thing and like it's okay one of the things I should cover we're not saying oh be a penny pincher save all your money we're not saying that you should have fun with your money but you need to budget that in you need to budget in your fun you can't have like you can't blow your money on stupid shit you can do it every once in a while but you need to budget that in you need to be smart with it yeah you need to make good money spending habits like you want to buy like let's say you want to buy a boat right don't go out and finance it 
or you see know? you'll see that people will finance shit like say i were to finance a ten thousand dollar refrigerator yeah with a loan with probably about 15 percent interest or something like that it's a loan it's gonna be some stupidly high interest to finance a fucking refrigerator man by the time i think it was i can't remember but i think it was the play death of a salesman we had to read that last year and they financed a refrigerator in that play they had to finance it by the time he almost had it paid off it was broken yeah they don't if you say your refrigerator breaks and you finance it right you finance a 10 grand refrigerator for whatever still fucking reason pay that bitch back. yeah that breaks they, you're still expected to pay for it i mean the refrigerator doesn't even exist exist anymore you still have to pay that it's crazy that's so crazy yeah but like again have fun with your money but just be careful about it don't be stupid don't buy shit you don't need you you really don't need it once you recognize what, what oh, why can't i think of the term for it there's a certain term for shit that you don't need it's um uh, non-essential well, non-essential yeah there's a fancy way of saying it sat word i'll think of it just keep we'll, we'll keep going i'll think of it. i'm sure i'll think of it but you know it's like i have no idea but i don't know um this is awkward yeah uh, well <laughs> next conversation Okay, so what were we talking about? Uh, finance. Yeah. That was a big lull in the conversation. It was very strange. It was. Um, I usually get one of those per episode, for whatever it's worth. I've noticed that there's at least tradition. one lull. Have you ever noticed that at school? Where... In class. In class, the teacher will split you up into groups. Everybody will be talking, everybody will be talking, everybody will be talking forever. You're all in groups. You're in social groups and all that. And steadily, somehow... Throughout the period of class, there will be one point where it's dead silent. Everybody's dead silent working in groups. And it suddenly comes right back, the conversation. That happens. My seventh grade civics teacher pointed that out to me one time when it happened. And I have never been unable to unsee that. Every time it happens, I instantly pick up on it. It's like recognizing somebody's filler words. Speaking of buying stupid shit, remember when we bought a wheelchair? Put me on the spot. I was, I was incredibly. Stu- I don't even know where it is anymore. I tried to find it the other day. I think someone fucking stole it. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're one of our friends. Give me my wheelchair back. Bring back the goddamn wheelchair. We miss it. Yeah, it was. Dude, that was so funny when we did that though. Actually, it wasn't that expensive, but like, we just found. We just thought it would be funny to like try to like push it down a hill as fast as we could, or like. That's how we get ourselves killed. Yeah, that's how we Story die. time. Okay, story time. Oh, so God. we go to this thrift store. I don't know what our original purpose of going was. And I think we're just bored during the summer. And I think, yeah. I think we're just bored. And we went to a thrift store over by Aaron's house. And we we're trying to find something. Oh, it would be something funny we could spend our money on at the thrift store when we go out to the back. Wheelchair. There are wheelchairs out there. <laughs> and... <laughs> They didn't have price tags on them, so we had to go to Man. an employee. We had to ask how, or Aaron, Aaron asked how much the wheelchair is. I'm sitting there trying to hold back tears from laughing. Two teenagers walk into a fucking thrift store and ask how much the wheelchair is. Hello, ma'am. Uh, could you, uh, excuse me. How much are the wheelchairs? <laughs> so if you have my wheelchair, we, I, we actually got it dirt cheap, but... You yeah. have my wheelchair. I it want it back. So stupid. I miss my wheelchair. We it, 
it serves its purpose. It's a seat. Somebody had to have taken it. I don't know where it is. It's a I seat don't by the campfire now. It is. It was. Yeah. I have crutches, I have wheelchairs, and I have everything to fake a disability. So you want to cut a line in Bush Gardens, Hollow Scream? I mean, it's not ethical by any means, but Speaking of basically just like letting money go down the drain, I have a pretty good story. You were there for it. <laughs> I was or wasn't? You were. Oh you boy. Were. This All right. is this is what about a year ago now i don't even remember oh boy yeah and we had a group of people i'm not going to specify any names because the people who owned this said item don't even know this happened i know what you're talking about we're not going to specify any names that happened we were kind of bystanders for this so a guy that we were hanging out with it was a guy two guys and a girl one of the guys goes Yo, like, my parents just bought this, like, safety raft. Like, one of those, like, rafts you'll see, like, on It's airline grade. Airline, airline grade. grade safety raft. Like, you pull, like, the you pull the cord and it, like, explodes and, like, puts you, like, a huge floatable, like, tent. It's got, like, carbon dioxide to pressurize it in there. Yeah. Like, it's that, like... like real deal shit. Yeah. Like, so, he goes, yo, my parents just, like, bought this thing. And one of the other guys is like, yo, that's so cool. Like, can we see it? And like oh, yeah, I was egging it on a little bit too. I'll own up to that. You were egging it. It's, it's okay. I was egging it on a little bit. It's okay. So, one of the guys goes and reaches to the back of the car and pulls out the safety raft and is like, yo, like this thing's so cool. And like, damn, it's like heavy. So, he kind of just like, he's, it's like in the middle of the road. It's just sitting there. And he's like, oh shit. Then one of the other guys, of course, it's the guy that doesn't own the safety raft. Starts unraveling the cord <laughs> and starts walking back and walking back and walking back. And we're like, yo, he's not really going to pull it. And he's, he's sitting there, he's like, well, why isn't it like doing the thing? And then I remember saying, you try yanking it. I'm like, I was like, he's not really going to yank. He's not actually going to set it off. And let's just say the lid blew off the of that blew. thing. That shit and sounded like a gunshot. Yeah, in the middle and of the road. Tent in the middle of the road that can hold six people like, an inflatable tent a full on raft like a survival raft and they're they're expensive they're about $2000 yeah I, I looked it up it's about like for a refill like repack it and all that it's about $500 and we obviously didn't do that because if his parents found out he would be fucking dead so we kind of are just sitting there surrounded surrounding this tent and we're just like what do we do what the fuck do we do so then it's important to mention at this point after the raft was pulled the guy who pulled it left us high and dry he just he bailed out (laughs) this was our problem now we had to do damage control yeah he totally doesn't looking back on it it was pretty funny like right now looking back on it's funny but when it when we were in the moment we were pissed like we were not happy like, yeah, I seriously cannot. And then we basically drag this thing into his backyard. He grabs a box cutter and fucking stabs it in the side of the raft and, like, pulls it. And it just, all the air starts coming out. And he had to, like, stomp on it. Like, you know, an inflatable mattress when you're, like, trying to roll it back up and put it back in, like, the bag or box it came in. You know, it's that, that's what we were doing right there because we had to fit it in the fucking crate that it came in. And we're just like, now that there's absolutely no chance 
that <laughs> we're gonna be able to repackage this thing. There's absolutely no. Yeah, chance. like we couldn't fold it and fit it in the crate if we tried because you have to remember this was probably vacuum sealed, carbon dioxide pressurized. There's no way Let alone, we can get that back in there. Not even just because of that. It's because there was a fucking hole in it, so we couldn't repackage it. It wouldn't. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be able to be used again. Yeah. But at that point, we're putting people in danger if they actually use that. God forbid. Yeah. So. We re so it's just we're stopping it and like we're pushing all the air out of this fucking raft. <laughs> and we're all just sitting around like, okay, what do we do now? Then we call the kid that fucking left and we're like, yo, you need to get back here and you need to load this shit in your truck and you need to dispose of it. Cause this is like <laughs> this was not <laughs> our fault. <laughs> like, and then he drives back, he puts it in his truck. I think he fucking threw it in, like, the 7-Eleven dumpsters. <laughs> Didn't they call the cops, too? They, like, just saw this kid dumping a raft in the dumpster. They called the cops. I feel, like I, I feel like I remember <laughs> that. would not surprise me. But, yeah. And then we had the issue of an empty package that this thing was originally in. We're like, okay, damn, what do we do now? His eyes turned to the cinder block sitting on his side yard. And he goes, <laughs> I think I have an idea. Takes a cinder block puts it inside the raft case, closes it up, like, glues it shut, puts it in the back of the car. To this day, no one knows that. These happened. guys are going to be on a boat or something one of these days, and the boat's going to be sinking. Like, oh, thank God we got the survival raft, and they're going to open it, and there's just going to be a cinder block in there. Yeah. This okay, is why we... Uh, yeah, this is why we're keeping it anonymous. Because, yeah. Doesn't matter. They listen, they'll know they will know but yeah that was that was fun that came up in my snapchat memories a couple weeks ago oh my god yeah that's seeing shit come up in your snapchat memories is amazing like you'll literally like you'll just be like oh damn that happened yeah for real october last year is a really good month for me mm. looking back on it it's kind of bittersweet now because it's so far gone but october is a really fun month september last year was an amazing month that was so much fun yeah it's you just have good months, and then I miss pre-COVID. Just everything up. just felt natural back then. Yeah. Still, it feels like there's a big strain on everything. It really does. I can't wait until like, hopefully, we can go back to normal one day. I honestly just kind of want a normal life back. I know it's like, I know we kind of have to go with it right now because it's for like the public interest. It's the best. Yeah. But, yeah. Not to get into that or anything, but I just, I hope life goes back to normal. Man, I want to island camp again soon. Yeah, honestly. Oh my god. We have another... We finally have cooler weather now where we don't die trying to camp on the island. I feel like we need to do it in the next couple of weeks. You want me to tell that story? Or you want to tell it together? Yeah, we can tell. Or you can tell that one. You're the guest. I feel like you should be inclined to. Alright, so, another story. I, a previous guest, Evan Siebel... Brian and I, and then one of our viewers, Aiden Houlihan, we all decided to camp on an island that's right off the coast of Brian's neighborhood. Brian's house is not directly on the water, but it's like a two-minute walk, walk from it. Not even two minutes. I can like skate that shit in 15 seconds, seconds flat. Yeah. It's really close to the water. And right off the coast, and it's in the Gulf, it's in like the little, I don't know if you live in Pinellas County, but it's the kind of intercoastal area that just kind of like goes along Pinellas County and there's an south island. of the causeway yeah south of the causeway there was an island right off the coast and we're like 
we should camp on that shit. Like, that would be so fun. But the problem is, okay, I'm not old enough. My parents have a boat club, and, like, I could have taken out one of their boats. But, like, I'm not old enough to, like, operate one of them because, like, it's not our boat. You have to be 18 to operate a boat club boat. And at this time, I was still 16. And then we are like, okay, so how are we going to get our shit over the island? So we go to Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) And we pack all of, like, our shit. We get our candles. We get our tiki torches. We get our food. We get, like, we slept in hammocks, so we didn't really need any tents. Oh, let me tell you, I got the wrong hammock. We, we can get to that later, but I, I made a very <laughs> poor choice in the hammock I bought. Yeah, it was partly my fault, but basically, we go to Walmart, and then we're like, okay, so what's the problem? We need to figure out how to get everything over the island. I put my eyes, I'm like, damn, that would be a good idea. I see one of those orange inflatable boats. <laughs> it's like 15 bucks, and we're like, I mean... It could work. So we our it. whole strategy, our whole strategy at this point was to get a kayak <laughs> and oh, kayak over. We'll get to how we got the kayak over in a sec. <sighs> like, basically, none of us camping had a truck or a big car yeah, no. to fit a fucking kayak in. There's no chance you're fitting anything, even half the size of a kayak in my car. Well... Somehow, I have a 2016 Hyundai Tucson, and we transported a three-person kayak with that car. No trailer, no nothing. No, like, no um hitches or, or racks, kayak racks, there we go. None was, of those. I was with my friend Kylie. She sadly couldn't come camping, but we were in the car, and, like, we were just hanging out, and we were like, oh, yeah, we gotta bring the kayak over. This is the day. I remember you calling me, telling me you were bringing it, like, dropping it off. Mm-hmm. I remember that. So we have to open the trunk. I'm driving left hand on the steering wheel. Right hand is just holding on to the kayak from <laughs> sliding out in like <laughs> final destination shit, like taking out the car behind me. I'm just trying to prevent it from sliding out of the trunk. So the trunk's open. Wide open, just, yeah. And I'm just holding the kayak. And like it's legal to do that. It's actually legal. Like we look this shit up. Like as stupid as it is, it's legal. So, like, we had bungee cords and shit, like, holding it in the car, but that definitely wasn't enough. Like, if we hit a bump at the wrong angle, that shit would be going on to yeah. the road. <laughs> that would have been happening. So, yeah, we get the kayak to Brian's house. And what we do with the inflatable boat, you ask? We grab some paracord. <laughs> we, we tie the inflatable boat to the back of the kayak and pull it like a trailer across the intercoastal. And there's waves and shit. And it's like we're oh, yeah, we had I had my backpack in there, like chargers, my everything, everything you could imagine, like at least $150 worth of shit. Yeah. Like, camera, all that in my bag. Not waterproof at all. If we hit a wave and on top of we had like stoves, like a butane powered stove, camping stove, like everybody's own individual shit. Plus like pots, pans, everything you could imagine camping. If we hit a wave just the the wrong wave at the wrong time, it would have capsized. It really would have. And then we kind of had we had to do that like three different times, just take trips back and forth and back and forth. We had to island. shuttle people back and forth between the islands. Mm-hmm. And all in all, it was a success. It worked. It, it worked. It, it did work swimmingly. swimmingly. I will say that word swimmingly. It was amazing. And once we got to the island, we set up all our shit and like we're kind of just like chilling like. This is the first time 
I've camped without my parents or anything because yeah. I was 16 at the time. And I'm just like, damn, like, this is really cool. So we have our whole site, like, our site set up and shit. The tarp down, the ground, hammock set up, we had yeah. tiki torches. That was a really fun time. It was, if, yeah, I have some pictures on my Instagram from it. Those are really fun. But I... The 21st night of September. Mm-hmm. That's when that happened. Yep. Yeah, you keep a journal, so... I do, I do. For anybody who doesn't know that, I do keep a... Or I kind of have fallen out of it recently. Unfortunately, I've just been so busy talking about getting on your purpose and all that i just haven't had time to really update it as much but for the longest time since about february sophomore year seniors now i've kept a nightly or i should say night daily journal everything that happens in that day and it's really cool it helps you remember dates and all that and needless to say island camping made it in there (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then what we had, I remember the thing we had for dinner. We had chips and we had grilled cheese on Hawaiian rolls. We cooked. For some reason, they were better on the island than when we were at Josh's house. I felt like I was going to throw up when I had them at Josh's house. Yeah. I'm sure, like, most of our viewers remember that story. Yeah, but we fucking, we camped in some kid's backyard. <laughs> he didn't know. We we cleared it with the parents first Stabby. to make sure it was cool. Yeah, we we're, we're, like, we're fully legal to be there. Just Josh had no idea that were in his yard and we stayed out back all morning waiting for him to come back and that uh, that kind of ties um ties me into the whole hammock story as i would mention earlier so you can tell that one we're at walmart i'm like oh aaron you know you're you're pretty good with hammocks which one should i get and you're like oh that one's pretty cool turns out the hammock he recommended me is good for just laying in yeah, but sleeping in it it is options. incredibly uncomfortable it was incredibly uncomfortable sleeping that thing. I did not get a wink of sleep the night we went on island camping. Not a single, like, I maybe fell asleep for half an hour on that thing. Like, I was, like, essentially what it felt like was you were sleeping on a boulder where your back is, like, fully arched. Not fun. Not fun. Not fun. Same not fun. thing with Josh's house, except imagine trying to sleep on that jagged rock of a hammock in freezing weather. And not to mention the fact that I was above Brian. I had to fucking get up and take a piss in the middle of the night. And, like, I had naturally had sand all over my feet because we were barefoot. Yeah, I got the short end of the stick on and that I one. I was trying to climb back up into my hammock because it was, it was really high above the ground. I think it was at least, like, nine feet off the ground. So I kind of had to, like, jump, grab onto it, and pull myself into the hammock. And I was, like, kind of struggling to get up there. And, I like, my feet were, like, covered in sand. And, like, it just directly into Brian's eyes <laughs> and he woke up and he's just like oh that, looking back on it it's a really amazing story it was it was fun I miss times like that it was pre-COVID at its best I mean September last year was just such a good month I miss it yeah it really was camping is so amazing like being in being outside is just I know, I've had this conversation with people a lot. I feel like Florida doesn't have the best outside, outdoors options because of the bugs and all that. Most of it's swamp. Who would be interested in spending time in a swamp? And you've been to Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. You know what it's like to be in the great outdoors, you know, like that. Out west. Yeah, such a good feeling. Yeah, like we camped on Lake Yellowstone. Like we did kind of like a kayak expedition. Like this was actually professional type shit. Like we had people that had like an airboat behind us that were carrying our stuff and our tents and whatever. And we just had to kind of carry the kayaks across the lake. 
we just went from like island to island to shore to shore and just kind of camped for a few nights on the lake. Huck Finn style. It was really, really fun. And we were next to like the Grand Tetons, which is like, I don't know if anybody knows, it's just a fun fact. To whoever's a Kanye West fan, I saw the mountains that are on the Yay album. (laughs) (laughs) He was was there when the picture was taken. He took the picture. It's, yeah, it's amazing. It's, those mountains are so beautiful, like, at night, too. Because, like, you can see, like, the, the moon, like, shining over it. It's just kind of, like, the silhouette. Like, it's, it's such an amazing feeling being outside. Oh, especially at night, I love being under the stars. And I'm sure a lot of you probably already know that. <laughs> yeah, astrophotography. Yeah, we, it's unfortunate. Last weekend, I had planned to go out and get some shots of the Eagle Nebula, and additionally to October for anybody who doesn't realize I know none of you actually know this I'm very confident in that but October this year is going to be a fantastic month for photographing Mars or looking at Mars just observing Mars in general because this month Mars is at its opposition with Earth meaning that it is at its closest point to Earth so when they plan to send people to Mars in 2030 or so and they're planning to do that, that it will be the next time Mars is in opposition. Right now it's in opposition. Ten years from now it'll pretty much be in opposition again. Where it's right next to us. Earth is right. They line up in their orbit. We're like aligned in our orbit right now. This month, since it's so close, makes it amazing. This specific month, for whatever reason, makes it just amazing to look at Mars. And if you're up early going to school and all that, I highly recommend checking up in the sky and all that. If you're looking to your east, you'll see a bright white star that'll be venus they call it the morning star because venus is very easily seen in the morning bright as hell Mm. exact opposite side of the sky you'll see mars nice and bright and orange and it's just cool to look up there and say yeah those are planets yeah i highly recommend you check that out but that's one thing that this month is good for astrophotography wise the other one is andromeda galaxy which i need to get out an image very soon can't get a clear night i plan to do it last weekend but let's just say life got in the way that weekend but yeah it does happen i have the whole month to do it so we'll have to see how it goes unfortunately i'm probably gonna have to swallow my pride and wake up early as hell on a saturday drag a 60 pound telescope out (laughs) yeah my trinity spot unfortunately you haven't been there recently so for people who don't understand i or you don't know this not so much understand don't know this I have an amazing astronomy spot in Trinity, about half an hour north from where I live, and it's a housing development, and it's, you know, it's still under development and all that, it's just a big flat field, the whole sky is visible and all that, you know, no trees blocking anything, it's just so flat, so wide open, and the houses are getting put in very quickly, the last time I went was about three weeks ago maybe, I'd say three weeks ago I went. And it's fundamentally different than the last time I went the month before. Very unfortunate. It's not gonna probably not gonna be a great astronomy site for much longer, but there's other spots. I'll find another one, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Like I've accompanied you on a few of these little expeditions. Like I remember <laughs> when you lost your keys on the golf course. <laughs> I know, I can't oh. go to the Dunedin golf course anymore at night they they know that i go there or went there i should say back in july I frequented the 
um, Dunedin Golf Course. That was when the whole Comet Neowise craze was everywhere. Everybody was talking about Comet Neowise, and I was fortunate to see it a couple times. Very cool experience to look at a comet. You know, it's it's not like one of the great comets, but it's you know it's variable. Yeah. Completely different thing. But yeah, that night, um, I lost my keys on the golf course. We had to search. I searched for about an hour and a half on my own. Called multiple people to come help me. We had a whole search party. Come and look. Finally found them. We were out there with flashlights around 1 a.m. looking for my keys. That's probably about the time the Dunedin Golf Club found out that I was on their course at night. Did they, like, say something to you? They said something to Jacob, who works there. Because they knew he knew you. They just asked him, hey, do you know anything about the people who've been on the golf course at night? So I don't, I don't go there anymore. I don't want to get shot. I just want to look at stars. Like, they shouldn't really, like, who gives a shit if you're on their Well, Jacob said that it's county property, so if I really wanted to, I could go anyways. I just don't want to put myself in a bad position. Yeah, it's... It's whatever's safest most of the time. Yeah, you already have a good spot on Jersey, too, so it doesn't really matter. And there's the park down by your neighborhood. It's pretty good. It gets windy sometimes, but yeah. yeah overall, I'd say it's a pretty good spot. Astrophotography, like it's a that's a really cool hobby. Like I remember being there when you first got the telescope and stuff. Like I remember like going out like for the first time. Like it's it's pretty awesome. Like seeing planets up that close, not just a picture mm-hmm. on your phone, but like actually seeing it. The funny thing is, I read about it somewhere. When you show it, for some reason, it's only Saturn specifically. When you show somebody Saturn for the first time through the telescope, there's this very strange. I read about it right, and I kind of kept it in the back of my mind, and um, so. They say when you first show somebody Saturn, they'll be like, wait, really? You didn't just put a picture in front of it and that's what it is? Like, we're not just looking at a picture of Saturn? Like, that's actually Saturn right there? Mm-hmm. I always say that, and, you know. I, I read about that. I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. Haha, <laughs> and forgot about it. So one night I was out with these girls looking at it, and one of them said verbatim exactly that. Oh, you didn't just put a picture up there? Like, that's actually it? I was like, <laughs> oh, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Something. Uh, my setup's pretty expensive for that. It's a good hobby. It's worth it though. It's oh, like absolutely, that. yeah. How's your detailing business going? Oh, it's going great, honestly. Like I just, I haven't been able to put as much time into it as I, I would like to. I'd like to get more publicity out. I'd like to get more people like on like a schedule to do like monthly details, the kind of service thing. I would like to do that, but I, of course, as we stated earlier, I've been so so busy with the college application process. Yeah. SAT. I think I've buried that. I think I've. I pray. I, I really hope. do pray. God, I hope I'm done with that. I know for a fact I'm not going to be satisfied with the score I get, no matter how good it is. So I'm not satisfied with anything. But yeah. I'm hoping that it's enough to open a lot of doors. It is, yeah. And basically back to my detailing business, it's it's been going good. I have a lot of customers that are from my girlfriend's family, a lot of my parents' friends, a lot of my friends. It's kind of just been a word-of-mouth thing. Yeah. And I just every once in a while, I'll find myself and like, damn, I don't have much money and like I'm not working much right now because of course I have school. Like the thing about like getting a job, if you can't get a job, right? Like I totally get that. There's not a lot of but places are hiring right now. Exactly, and like a lot of people can't get their job because they have other stuff going on, like with school. That's understandable. Yeah. Just don't beg other people for money. Like, you can ask your parents for money. I see that as acceptable, but really. You're not your fucking friend. 
Yeah, I, I'm sorry if you put your cash app on your story. Hell, if you put your sunset, you take a picture of the sunset and put it on your story. Okay, last week was the worst. I posted this on my story last week. I said, yeah, guys, you know, we know the lightning one. We know. Everybody posts about it. I counted probably 40 stories of people posted of the lightning winning. Thank God. I never would have known. Then posted the temperature it's in the morning. It it's got slightly it was colder. got slightly colder. It got in the seventies. Everybody's posting about that now. Like, oh really? I couldn't just walk outside and see that for myself. Incredible. Then the debate. Everybody's watching the debate. We get it. It's a national event. Thank you. <laughs> the debate happened. I'm very glad you posted on your Snapchat story to inform me that you were watching the debate just like the other millions. Of other people who were also watching it yeah i seriously <laughs> that's so funny but yeah like about like the detailing business oh all in all it's going great it is because like it's just every once in a while i'm like i'm like i'm running a little bit low on money then someone's like hey can you come detail my car i'm like yeah sure and it's just kind of been like that it's just keeping extra money in my pocket because high school like low-key everyone's kind of broke because like schools yeah. have their job you don't get paid for that Speaking of detailing, um, you want to tell the story of the headlight? <sighs> yeah, I, I'll tell that. That's so, all you. You are large and in charge of that. So basically, you want to start from the morning of that day. <sighs> all right. All right. We'll start from the morning of that day. That day was just chaos. It really was. So we wake up. This is like when I f- keep in mind. This is when I first. Oh. We could start even earlier than night when we're trying to fall asleep. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> that day was just horrible. Okay, so 2 a.m. this day, I, I forgot which day it was. It was a Sunday, I think. But It was. Yeah. 2 a.m. Sunday, and it's the middle of the fucking night, and we keep hearing, like, a tapping. It's like, where's the mic? Keep hearing a noise like that on Brian's window in his living room, and... And we were crashed in the living room. If you've been over to my house, you know that my carpet is amazing. It yeah. is so comfortable. I sleep on the carpet sometimes. It's so nice. Anyways. Yeah. And we just keep hearing this noise. And of course, both of us are paranoid because some people have a habit and they think it's absolutely hilarious to show up here at 6 a.m. and sit by the fire pit without anyone knowing. And knock on the door like they have a search warrant. Yep. We, some people think that's comedy gold right looking now. back on it it was pretty funny it was but at the time we were like kind of pissed i was on three hours of sleep when that happened yes in my defense what no sleep does to a motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah we keep hearing this tapping and we're basically like paranoid because people have shown up here before and that not even that dude it was just scary it was it was and, just like, scary we just kept hearing this noise i'm like dude that's coming from outside the house we have no idea what it was to this day we don't know what it was and then we went to sleep. We were like, we kept hearing it, and you're just like, dude, just go to sleep. Like, it's fine. Just don't worry about it. I'm like, like bro, die. that's so sketchy. I don't like that. I don't want a home invasion to happen, you know? Yeah. It's hearing shit you don't normally hear at night in your house is terrifying. It really, it's one thing if it's like a noise you always hear that's not scary. Like the house creaking every now and then. You know, sometimes it catches you off guard, but for the most time, you're just conditioned to it. Yeah. It does, but when there's some shit that you've never heard before, you, it, it just gets you a little bit on guard. So, yeah, that's the beginning of this day. 
and then we wake up in the morning and we're going to drive to get breakfast and there's like a railroad tie like we're in Brian's car and there's a railroad tie next to the curb that you didn't see and like his bumper nicked it and it cracked and there was a few of the pieces that fell off the bumper it wasn't anything major damage I wouldn't even consider it a car accident just a kind of a mistake and it's very fixable yeah so then we had to go I'm not proud of that that was stupid it happens everyone has their moments like I, I had a moment coming up you're about to hear but we <laughs> so we had to go back to the spot and we had to find all the pieces that were of the bumper and we go to Ace Hardware and get Gorilla Glue, Gorilla Glue Epoxy to like glue it back together and kind of put it back onto the car and <laughs> dad if you're listening to this I'm sorry yeah I'm sorry Mr. Broski. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> okay but yeah we glue all the pieces back together and we put it back onto the car and we're like oh like it looks pretty good we just kind of had to sand it down a little bit and like make it look better and it in, still didn't look great it didn't we're we're just gonna deal with that later we'll, we'll make it look good later yeah but then we're just like damn like let's just make the whole car look good we got nothing else going on let's detail it right and let's wax it let's do all this stuff and thus began the eight hour detail from hell i don't get why the hell it took that long i don't know i don't Uh, i think it took so long just because like we were i think because like oh yeah a lot of it was because of what i was about to say so we detailed the car everything's going great we wax the whole thing we do all of it we clay bar it we clean the inside out it's just it's just going good and then this is when i didn't have that much experience detailing i have a lot more experience now like i wouldn't make mistakes like this and this is really stupid i've learned from this i of course if i ever did this if i ever caused irreversible damage to someone's car i would reimburse them with a full repair I would not, like, fuck anyone over like that. Yeah. Like, if I fuck up, I admit to it. And I did admit to it here. And basically what happened, we're detailing this car. Then we decide, okay, let's do the headlights. And let's make the headlights look good again. And usually when you polish out headlights, you use, like, a rotary buffer. And I was using it on the headlights. I was like, I didn't have that much experience with it at the time. And I put it on too high of a speed. Let's say 4,500 RPM or something like that. And it burns the plastic because it's spinning too fast. And um, it's, we're just looking at it, and part of the headlight's like brown, and we just smell burning plastic. And we're like, shit, what yeah. do we do? That was like, the, I can confirm that was the first thought that went through both of our heads was, shit. Yeah, so two big fuck ups on the same car in that same day. And the first thing I said was, like, dude, if we can't fix it, uh, like I'll pay for a new headlight. I don't care. That was literally the first thing I said. But then we were kind of thinking, like, damn, maybe like maybe we can fix it now. Maybe we don't have to go through all that because it would be a hassle for Brian to install the goddamn headlight. And yeah, for with my car, we looked at it. We were considering every option at this point because we were fucked. Yeah. So, you know, you know the moment you're fucked, you just feel it. Like I'm dead. <laughs> my parents are going to kill me. So that, that was the moment we were in right there. And we're looking at it, we're like, okay, well, if we were to get a new headlight, that would be about $200. To install it, we'd have to remove the bumper of my car, the front bumper, to completely take that off my car. And I think the bumper's been through enough pain already at this point. Take the bumper off, 
take multiple other parts of the car apart, put the headlight in, reinstall it all. Way more trouble it's worth. Yeah. So we looked at that. Not not good. Mm-hmm. But we found a solution, obviously. We did, and I'll explain that. So, excuse me. Okay, we're kind of sitting there thinking, damn, maybe we don't have to spend all this money and go through this hassle. Maybe we can fix it because it's not really broken. It's just a little bit damaged. And so I say, what if we tried sanding it out because it was burnt plastic on the surface of the headlight? So some sandpaper of different grits. So like how detailing works a lot of times is sanding. You start with a, with a lower grit that's more rough and you work your way up until you get finer and finer and finer, creating tiny, tinier and tinier and tinier scratches until the scratches aren't even noticeable anymore and it's like polished. Like your yeah. final steps are polished. So I was like, maybe we can get this out with some abrasive sandpaper and kind of work our way up. And I'm driving to Lowe's praying praying on my way to Lowe's I'm like this has to work so I get all the sandpaper and we get back to Brian's house I start with a 400 grit then a 600 grit then an 800 grit then a 2000 grit and then we polish it out it worked we got all the burn marks out and there's just a little love mark on the headlight you can just see at the right angle and light but it's barely noticeable and the headlight actually looks better than it did before yeah this was the right headlight on the car yeah. So that one, we sealed it and all that with paint sealant. And let's just say that one still looks amazing. Yeah. My other one's starting to turn yellow. That one is crystal clear. Yeah, that one, <laughs> we ended up figuring it out. And you got to you gotta work the problem and troubleshoot it with yeah. anything, I think. Like you have to find that when you're, there, there's a whole problem solving process. And you got to handle your problems like an adult. Yeah. please don't ever run from your problems that is such a bad thing to do yeah if you have a problem man. actively fix it actively work to fix it if you don't like how something is make an effort you know it kind of goes back to getting on your purpose self-improvement and all that you know don't ever if you don't like how something is change it yeah, that's like a good moral of today's podcast it really is kind of bringing it full circle i mean my what i've always told people is don't wait for change. You have to make your own change. Yeah. Don't fuck around. Don't let shit get you down. Just stay on your grind and do your absolute best with everything you do. Take every, everything you do, take it seriously. Do it good. If you're going to say something, have do it fun. Right. It's not say I don't have fun. Exactly. But budget your fun. Budget your fun. There's a time and place for everything. You know, sometimes you got to work hard and you do fun later. You know, and there's always a way to. There's always a way to work around something, you know. There's always yeah. another option, I do believe. You know, you just you gotta troubleshoot your problems. You know, if you don't like how something is, fix it. It's really that. It's it sounds simple. It sounds like useless advice. That's like telling somebody to be safe. Yeah. Okay, thanks. I guess. With pretty much everything we've talked about, this applies. So we talked about SAT. You want a better SAT score? You you study. You do like you do. That you put shit. in the effort. Yeah. You want to get into a good college, put in the effort, do a good-ass essay, do get good-ass grades, do everything you can. You want to get good grades in school, you study. You want to fix a problem, fix a fucking headlight, you just fucked up and you don't want to get killed by someone's parents. <laughs> <laughs> you, you try to figure out how to fix it. Take life by the balls and just figure out how to work your shit out. Work mm-hmm. hard and work around problems. Don't run from the shit you have to do. There's two, very. that's a very good way to put it, there's two mindsets you can be in. There's one that's obviously preferable and the other. 
you don't care about anything you don't care about what matters and you care about what doesn't matter or you don't care about what doesn't matter and you care about what matters and you want to have the latter you want to care about what matters and not care about what doesn't matter too often people find themselves put in a position where they care about something that does not matter at all yet they're putting everything that does matter on the back burner don't, don't be that guy. Don't waste your time. Your time is so valuable. Don't finance your refrigerator. Don't be that guy. Don't finance any appli- Don't finance anything besides furniture. Don't finance furniture. Don't finance anything besides a house unless you fucking need it. Yeah. Like unless you need it like right now. Get your finances together. Yeah. Like be good with your money. And again, thinking like if you have an average income, right? We're not saying if you have an average income. Like, let's say you make, like, $40,000, $30,000 a year. You can get wealthy. You can. You yeah. just have to know how to invest your money and you know how to, like, work with it. You can. Yeah. It's so possible. Like, we're not saying you have to be rich and you have to make in six figs to do this. Anyone can do this. Even kids in fucking high school can finance. You just have to know how to put your money where it goes. Don't make stupid choices. Please don't make stupid to choices. To kind of bring it full circle here, don't make stupid choices. Everybody, whether they like it or not, they're going to make a stupid choice eventually. Like me with that railroad tie, that, that was incredibly stupid. I will never make a mistake like that again. You so, learn from a mistake. Don't. So many, yeah, so many of the issues today and like our country with like debt and, ever, and everything and like people that are like struggling financially and like need financial aid and whatever, a lot of it can be solved by just being smart with your money and you just have yeah. to know how to handle it. It's very like important. Like That's, that's all you have to do. That's yeah. it. And it's just, like, I know, like, no hate to anyone who's, like, made mistakes of money in the past. Because, of course, we're all going to do it. And, like, it doesn't make you stupid. Speaking of people pulling up to my house, I see Mr. Release fishing apparel through my window right now. See, I'm very good about locking my doors. Going back, <laughs> going back to that conversation about people showing up like they had a search warrant to my house. I lock every single one of my doors now. Every single, every single door. No exceptions. I made sure I locked the front door when I'm doing the podcast so people can't get in. They're staring at me right now. But, um... <laughs> Who's... Is it? It's Jackson and Zoe. Oh, good God. Yeah, it's both of them. Are they gonna leave? I think they are right now. Well, we were actually at the upper limit of the podcast anyways. I maybe I'll catch them on the way out. Yeah. But, um, I really appreciate you coming on this week. I think we had some very intelligent conversations. We had some fuck around time on it, but we kept Honestly. it... Um, kept it very intelligent. I um ser- I enjoy being on so much. That yeah, was awesome. it was a very good oh, episode. I'm I'm... Oh okay, guys, we're about to get shot in the studio right now. They have yeah. a gun. Um, so thank you for tuning into this episode. I really appreciate um all the viewership and everything. Um, we actually do have uh, Instagram uh, at pseudo scholarly pod. Check it out. Um, we have a website now actually at pseudo scholarly. I'm fucking slurring my words now. <laughs> scholarly pseudo scholarly dot com. Check it out, direct link to the RSS feed. If you're interested in being on the podcast, please check out the website. Um, I have a little form you can fill out that goes to an email and you can request to be on it with your name and all that. It takes maybe three minutes. If you're interested in being on, please fill that out. Um, This was my best attempt at an outro. Yeah, thanks for tuning in this week. We'll see you next week. I'm going to go take a piss. (laughs) It's a perfect way to end it off.